Welcome to Secret Sauce for Success, show number 18. Listening to people you trust and taking action based on what other people have done. Hi, everybody. You have tuned in to the Secret Sauce for Success show, where we strive to find the secret ingredients that lead to success. We interview successful guests every week and learn their secret to their success. We sincerely hope you implement these habits into your life and become the best you that you can be. Enjoy the show. What's going on, everybody? It's Rick Stahl, host of the Secret Sauce for Success show, live from Colorado here with my co-host, Doug Kirstein. What's going on, Doug? It's good to be with you tonight. It's been uh, a long, fun summer. The kids are back in school, and it's time to get back down to the business of buying houses and investing in real estate. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I made some good progress. I got a call from the bank today, and we got a Closing on our cash out refi on the last property in two days. So hopefully I'll get nice. my money back. We'll start looking for the next deal and rinse and repeat. That's right. That's the uh, the song that Phoebe wrote on Friends, right? Lather, rinse, repeat. You know? oh. I hear it. Good news is hard to come by these days, it seems. It looks like we're heading back into some mask mandates. And and uh, with all the bad news in the world, it seems like it's, it's good to hear that someone's having some success. Yeah, real estate, I think it, it's a successful business. I think if you can navigate it. A friend of mine was stating that he had to go pick up some trash from a, the tenant that they had to evict or left. And yeah, that's the ups and downs of real estate, You know, especially if you're the property manager. So it's not always pretty, but in the end, it it's definitely pays for it. Yeah. Well, you've got to be wise like any other investment. You've got to be smart about what you're doing. You've got to know what you're getting into. Do you have a quote for the week, Doug? I do. I think that uh, it's important when you're talking about investment of any kind. And as you know, I live in the investment world. Whether you're talking about stocks and bonds or mutual funds or uh, anything more fancy like a a tax deferred annuity or something like that, you have to know what you're getting into. One of my favorite riddles is how to eat an elephant one bite at a time. I always like that because that is that idea of how to overcome any sort of major problem that you're up against. And Warren Buffett is a name that people know if you're interested in investments or rich people at all, you know who Warren Buffett is. His quote for tonight is from Warren Buffett. He says, I don't look to jump over seven foot bars. I look around for one foot bars that I can step over. So he's not taking huge risks. He's not jumping into huge things. I'm sure he does that more often now, but uh, to get to that point, he was he was doing what he knew and he was doing what he understood and he was taking smaller steps. And I think that's an important thing for any investor to understand. How do you eat the investment elephant one bite at a time, one step at a time, not seven foot steps at a time? Yeah. And I think, you know, that pertains to our guest for the night, Ryan Hill, got some college in, in finance. So he kind of knew the ropes a little bit, but he took some action and he bought some properties uh, in Huntsville. They skyrocketed, cashed out, and taken his next step, right? So he's doing those small steps one at a time, just like we did, right? Just like we still do, right? What is the next thing to do? Yeah, absolutely. I love the fact that he kind of does have a plan. I think when I was a young man, that was kind of one of the things that that I didn't have was a plan. I'm going to go get a job, and I'm going to go work and do this and that and the other. Well, that's fine, but it wasn't a plan. I didn't really know what a plan was, and I didn't have mentors in my life who could show me what a plan was. That is another important point about Ryan. He talks about being part of a coaching program. I get somebody in there who knows what's going on to tell you how to do it. I'm trying to figure it out. It's a, it's, there's no need to reinvent the wheel with this stuff. So the great interview with him, 
and I'll be anxious for people to, to hear that. All right. Well, without further ado, let's get to the interview with Ryan Hill. All right. Welcome to the show. Today, we have a special guest with us, Ryan Hill. Appreciate that. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, it's great to have you, Ryan. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Ryan, uh, we met at a local real estate meetup. I know a little bit about you, but can you tell us who you are, what what kind of things you're doing right now, and uh, then we can go back and look at your previous deals? Absolutely. So for starters, I was born and bred in, in New Hampshire. I grew up there and, and uh, lived there until I was 22. So I went to the University of New Hampshire. I studied finance there and eventually got to the point where I was applying to jobs and came out to Colorado. My brother Austin was actually living here at the time and, and uh, he was he was doing a little ski vacation for a few months in Keystone. So he showed me around all that stuff. And that's when I decided that I would start applying to jobs out here. So I actually worked down in Lone Tree at Charles Schwab. I did that uh, three years, three different departments, client facing, a lot of interactions around money and is interesting to see the emotions that come forth when people are talking to a stranger on the phone about money. So that was a really good experience. That's how I met a lot of my friends, eventually how I met my fiance, which is pretty cool. And then my brother and I decided that we would start our own company. It was my brother and, and one of my good friends, Evan. They had been working on the idea for a while. They brought me in. In short, it was a, an online marketplace to help small businesses save money, get economies of scale, purchase together, get better pricing. I went full time. We worked on it for about a year. We hired a contractor to build out a website. We joined local networking groups and it was something that we gave a good run and, and uh, decided to throw in the towel after about 18 months. Uh, at the time I was in Toastmasters, which is a public speaking group. I actually met one of my good friends in that group. He was a real estate investor out of Nashville. That's when I started learning about real estate. We went to Platte Park Brewery down in, in Wash Park there, and he spilled the beans on how he's been buying all these rentals with no money. And that's when my brother and I started to uh, look into that world. So, wow. So you'll have to tell us a little bit about that for sure. So I believe you have a couple of rentals running down in Huntsville. Yeah, we do. We and actually tell us, uh, tell us about those. How did you find them? How did you fund them? The deals were just from pounding the pavement. So when we, we were working with my friend, Brian, he had a few rentals in Huntsville and he said, Hey, why don't you look into the market and start learning more about it? And uh, my brother and I flew down there. We met with a bunch of investors. We met on bigger pockets. We went and visited five or six different property managers. We went and checked out some houses that contractors were working on to see if we could find someone to help us out with the rehab. It was like every day I was, when I got back to Denver, I was calling property managers and wholesalers and searching Craigslist and Facebook marketplace. And one day I was on a run around the park and a property manager called me. I remember you called me like a month ago saying that you were an investor and looking for properties. And he said, yeah, I got properties that I had for sale. There are you know, 30 of them. They're all off market. I'll send you a spreadsheet. You let me know which ones you want to make an offer on. Wow. So that was gold for us to have that. And when was this? February of 2020. It was just over a year ago. 
when he actually sent us the, the information about a year and a half ago. We plugged all of the 30 properties into our spreadsheet. We ran the numbers. We, we were looking for cash flow. We were looking for something that we could fund with, I don't like any kind of money. And because the houses were in good condition and they had tenants in them, we asked him, you know, is there any chance that you do seller financing? And he was like, sure. And that was a huge win because we, you know, we're not made of money. We don't have the money to fund a deal like that. Probably wouldn't have gotten approved for a loan. So he said, I just want 20% down. Okay. So there was some money into the situation. Yeah. I mean, he said 20% down. We were really confident in the houses and the areas that, that they were in. So we actually went out and sourced private money and uh, as a friend of a friend. So they, uh, they were able to give us the 20% down to give on the deal. And did and, they ask for a certain portion of the, the deal for that 20% down? No, so it was just a uh, hard money loan. So a certain interest I guess, rate? I guess private money, right? So it's, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty steep interest rate that we're able to pay with the cash flow that we have coming in from the rentals. Yeah, I mean, we, we gave him two points. So we paid, you know, under $1,000 to get the three houses. Wow. Wow. Doug, we got to go uh, buy some properties in the Huntsville. <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting about that is it's not that easy. Like, I'm not saying it was easy what we did, but Huntsville is like really blown up. Like a lot of the United States. Right. It's, it's, the plan was to buy a lot more and it's just gotten really, it's gotten really, really competitive. Right. Yeah, you really find that everywhere. I don't think you can you can really find an area near a major metropolitan city where there's reasonably priced homes, right? It's just kind of how it's going these days. Yeah, sure, that's for sure. Yeah. So, how are those two two houses you said, or three? Three houses. Three houses. Yeah. How are they doing? All turnkey, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, there's been glitches, right? We're not in a neighborhoods. There's been some turnover. Ultimately, we probably would have liked to cash flow a little bit more on them. Right now, I'd say we're, we're doing a little better than break even. We're actually, we listed the houses uh, for sale and that was not the plan. The original plan was to accumulate 10, 15, 20, create financial freedom and then quit our jobs and move to Bali or something. Sure. But the, the market has gone up so much that we just kind of looked at the houses and we were like, we couldn't have planned to buy a house, flip it in the amount of time that we've owned it and make this kind of return. So because of where we're at in our like personal lives, we're both getting married in the next year and we're just cashing out. So we're, we're selling the houses and uh, we actually closed on one of them last week. And now we're, we're under contract on the second one. We have an offer on the third one. So yeah, it's an exciting time. You don't expect it to grow like it did. And we're, we're cashing out. So that's where we're at. Nice. So your plan is, is not necessarily to do additional investment work with that? Or are you planning on doing that? Maybe something similar in, here in Denver or in the surrounding areas? Yeah, so we we took the profits, some of the profits from the first house and invested into a coach to help us market for off-market properties here in Denver and Fort Collins. I live in Denver. Austin's up in Fort Collins. 
So the the goal is for us to meet somewhere in the middle. We probably won't meet too much in the middle, but it's a great market up there and a really competitive market down here. So the thought is if we can get deals down here up in Fort Collins in this market, then for the rest of our lives, we'll be able to get deals hopefully anywhere. Sure. Do you have something that you're looking for in particular, a type of property, single family, multi-unit? What are you looking for? I'd say single family. Why is that? What What is it about them that is appealing to you? It's just what I'm comfortable with at this point, Doug. <laughs> it's, That's fair uh, enough. That's... I know how to evaluate them. And I would love to own multifamily. But the ultimate goal is, I mean, we're going to be learning how to market ourselves. This is a program we bought into a few days ago. And it depends on what leads come in, right? We're open to getting creative with sellers. And it may be a lease option. We may wholesale a few deals. We may turn it into some sort of vacation rental, or I'm not really sure how it's going to look. And when you say you move the money into a coaching thing, is that for you to get coached or to be a, you as the coach? We're getting coached. You're getting a coach. Okay. I work in the coaching industry and I, I can see how powerful it is to find someone that is They've grown a specific niche, right? And they've turned around and they're starting to teach other people. And they call it mentoring, right? But you have to pay for it. It's coaching. So they're not helping you run your business. They're showing you how to set it up, what you need to do, where to take action. And that's, that's what we're doing. Let's take a break and hear a word from our sponsor. Here at Stahl Realty, you are number one. I'm a realtor with HomeSmart, and my job is to make sure you are satisfied. Here is what one satisfied client of Stahl Realty had to say. Rick Stahl was an awesome asset in helping our family find a home that checks all our boxes. He is patient and committed. I would recommend calling upon his services. One of my favorite mottos is making milestones memorable. Buying or selling a house can be overwhelming, but with my guidance and expertise, I can make this process as smooth as possible. I can be reached via email at stylerealty at gmail.com or text call me at 720-429-3303. I look forward to hearing from you. And now back to our show. So Doug and I were talking today and a lot about investing mindset. And so this goes uh, well right into the, the his coaching, right? I I I feel like I keep, you know, I listen to bigger pockets. I love Brandon David. I think they keep saying that you expand to what your mind allows you. And so I've been trying as hard as I can to expand as big as I can. And and I get nervous, right? Once I get really far out there, right? Um, so how does this coach, how does he, can you tell us anything about what you're hoping to get out of it? We're focused on getting leads and then how to handle them creatively. So that's basically just, it's social media marketing. So YouTube, Facebook advertising to people that don't want to use a realtor and they want to close fast and maybe their house isn't completely livable. Maybe there needs to be some work done. So they need to sell to an investor and they'll probably get some weird lowball offers. So that's just how to navigate a really competitive market and still get deals. And then also how to create a win-win-win there is some mindset stuff in there. I read a lot of books and I've been in other coaching programs. So I, 
the mindset stuff, it's, it's a really good reminder. He likes to do uh, like a morning ritual. You do affirmations and he likes, lets you explore whether or not you want to do meditation or, or something, you know, something different works for everyone. Right. But I think uh, just some sort of daily habit where you're able to remind yourself why you're doing it all. Right. I've always been wanting to read that book. The, I think it's the one thing. And I assume I haven't read it, but I assume it's like focus on your goal, do whatever it takes every day towards your goal. And yeah, daily affirmations I've read that where you're supposed to write down your priorities, you know, that you're trying to achieve, remind yourself every day, you know, and I did that for a while, like a week or two. And then I <laughs> kind of quit doing that. Well, what happened, Rick? <laughs> I, I forgot. <laughs> I lost my slip of paper. <laughs> it's almost like you have like have a day job or something. Yeah, yeah. Family, day job. So coach, are, do you meet with them once a week? How does this work? No, it's a group program. So there's a pre-recorded uh, course and everyone sets it up a little bit different, but it's it's basically just go through a course, do it, let us know when you have questions. There's group calls to support you and there's text threads and basically just giving you the information and letting you take action, make mistakes, and then crawl back and ask for help. And then how are you finding these off-market leads? Well, through through social media. That's it. Facebook and YouTube advertising. You have to be okay with shelling out some cash to hopefully get some returns. So part of it is making sure that you know how to handle the deals. And that's basically why we hired the coach. So we, we don't fluff up a bunch of them and waste our advertising money. I always hear, you know, bigger pockets, right? They talk about the the type of mail ad, you know, it has like three things on it. You have to hit it repetitively. You can't just do it, you know, once. You got to keep your name in front of the people. You know, it has to be simple, clean. How, how do you do it for social media? Do you Does it post once a day, once a week? How do you get back to the people? Do you have a CRM? Those are all really good questions. And for real estate specifically, I'm still working through that. They recommend a CRM. It's an advertisement. We're not calling anyone. So they, they plug in their information and then they have access to our information so they can give a call or plug in their information and we'll reach out just see if we can help them sell their house. So that's, that's basically how it's laid out. I'm a closer, they call it. So I do sales for someone that's a YouTube ad coach. He's a YouTube ad coach for coaches and consultants. So it's a little bit of a different niche. And that one is all focused on getting on video, hooking them in the first five seconds. They could be a, some like a health consultant or health coach. You know, they have money coaches. They have people that will teach you how to invest in real estate, obviously. So he works with a lot of different people. But in that one, it's, it's like getting on video and you get to know the personality a little bit more, which I find quite intriguing. But it requires a little bit more of a track record. So when you're doing a YouTube ad, you, you need to be backing it up with testimonials. And it's a bit bit of a different angle on it, if you will. Uh, Disclaimer, I'm a rookie on <laughs> Facebook and YouTube ads. So that's about the, the depth of my knowledge. But I'm pretty excited to continue to dive into it. So you mentioned you're a coach, though, right? So can you tell us about oh. what, you're, what you're coaching? 
So in the last 18 months, I've done sales for a real estate coach, a business coach, a brand strategist, and now I'm working for the YouTube ads coach. I've been really the only employee or contractor that they've had in their businesses. So there's a lot of ups and downs as far as lead flow goes. And I don't know how familiar your audience is with that industry, but it's a bit of a cavalier industry where there isn't a whole lot of regulation. You decide what you're going to coach. You're going to decide what you teach and your clients can run with it or they can not. It's like college that you apply to, to your current situation. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. I had some experience with coaching with a company called Action International. Okay. That was interesting. I don't know that I would say it was worth the money that I put into it, but met some interesting people, learned some interesting things, and there are still resources that I turn to in my regular work that, that I use for that as well. It's interesting. I have some insight into the coaching world as well. Yeah, started in uh, Australia. Oh, nice. Down under. Yeah, right. So yeah, that was interesting. I got still have all the materials and books and all these things I bought from them. I've read through them and then that and, and use some things and they helped me. So yeah. Now both of you guys have finance degrees too. And you both, didn't you both work at Schwab? Doug, didn't you work at Schwab? That's where I got my start. Yeah. It was my first job at a college was Charles Schwab's broker. Where were you? Here in Denver. That was before they built that big place down off Lincoln down there. They uh, were down in Cherry Creek. It was a, it was, those were interesting days. Yeah, it was the market was going nuts, and uh, they were they would cater in food. It wasn't you know, pizza and tacos and that sort of thing. People had plates of prime rib. It was crazy. Those were good days. Those were fun times. That sounds way better. I catered in Santiago and burrito every once in a while. Oh, yeah, no, they looks like they've changed their game a little bit. Uh, they were Dave Patrick was the co-chairman of the company at the time, and uh, they were carrying like a I don't know, the PE ratio was 35 or something like that. And it was, I mean, he was just talking about how crazy it is to keep that up. I guess you can't do that if you're continuing to buy everyone uh, prime rib dinners. So, <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> anyway, awesome. yeah. That's awesome. That sounds really fun. That's part of the reason that I left Schwab is I, some of the old timers, they were like, yeah, I used to make crazy money here and now I don't. And they used to really like walk around a beer cart. They, they don't do that anymore. But well, I never saw that. I might go back. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Shaw's a great company. If you're looking they, to work for a corporation, yeah, yeah, they, I, they were a good company. I just couldn't deal with the call center, so nope. uh, that's why I ended up getting out of it. I mean, it takes a special person to work in a call center environment. And I'm a, like you. I'm a face-to-face guy. I like my sales work. I'm much more comfortable in a person's living room than I am talking to 35 or 40 or 50 people every day on the phone. So exactly. it's uh, it's much better. But yeah, when I started up there because of the options and that, that some of the employees had, I think they said that one in three people were millionaires. Pretty remarkable statement when you think about that was in 2000. Yeah. Amazing, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a, the reason that they got into it probably. You would expect when you drive into a parking lot like that, that you would, you would see cars that would represent that kind of wealth. And I remember showing up the first day and I didn't see that. I was surprised to see a bunch of like normal cars. The movies don't paint that picture. No, no, they don't. My experience up there was certainly that the salary was not what drove 
that millionaire status among the people who were actually millionaires. It was the, the options in their accounts, the corporate stock options that they had. I mean, it was a good company. I enjoyed the time there. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't want to say anything negative about it. It was it was good experience. I got my securities license and, and my start there, uh, but it just wasn't for me. It wasn't the right spot. That's a good way to put it. I actually worked in the equity award stock option department for like 12 months when I was there. And it was super interesting because NVIDIA at the time was going absolutely nuts. And a lot of their guys were calling in, guys and girls were calling in and they were just, yeah, they were millionaires, no problem. And they had only been there for a short period of time and yeah. the stock price. And so they were saying, how do I not get taxed on all this? And, you know, it's a good problem to have at that point. Right. So well, where are you heading with all of this, Ryan? We can reminisce about Schwab all night long, but where are you heading with uh, these things that, uh, that uh, you're doing now? You've got the coaching that you're involved in. You've got um, some plan for doing some additional real estate investing through this, uh, through the Facebook and, and YouTube and that kind of thing. What's your ultimate goal with this? Where would you like to be in say 10 years? That's a really good question, Doug. But, you know, my brother and I had this conversation a few days ago. We would really like the idea of having some sort of tradition that we could add on to. So my mom's, she's one of 10 kids. And then I have 24 or 23 first cousins. There's 24 grandchildren on that side of the family. And every summer, this was the 30th anniversary, we go to this place in Maine on the beach and we all rent different cottages and, you know, we hang out, everyone throws a party a different night. It's just been such a lovely experience for us to grow up with a tradition like that. And now we're bringing our fiancés there. All my cousins are starting to have kids and it's just been a really cool experience. So my brother and I's thought is how can we create that and make money? The thought is to have vacation rentals once we can. We'd love to get creative with it as soon as we can, but somewhere on the coast, somewhere on a lake, somewhere where we can have a house pay for itself and we can spend a week, two weeks, a month. I don't know how long, however much our lives at that point will provide, but I think the ultimate goal is to have some vacation rentals and places that we haven't really spent a ton of time and have the option to just rent them out or go spend time there. Have you ever thought about Colorado? Yeah. I mean, that's a big part of the reason why we're starting to do that here. Uh We ski probably like 30 times a year and yeah, we get out in the mountains whenever we can and we're always renting Airbnbs. So that's definitely on our radar. And right now I have, I host a, I'm calling it a mastermind. I, it's on meetup.com, but it's it's for active entrepreneurs in Denver. The idea is to get a group together and get active, get the blood pumping, and then hop straight into a mastermind. And I'd love to parlay that into glamping and retreats and serving people breakfast and mastermind around a fire. Yeah. So what can you tell us about your uh, meetup.com or what, how do you find you on there? Right now, it's just Denver Active Entrepreneurship Meetup Group. And there's only 50 members in it. I just started a few months ago, and I've, I've only had three events, I think. 
that's something I'll probably have an event a month and in the winter time, maybe we'll play indoor soccer indoor volleyball or maybe even curling or something like that. Cool. Very good. Yeah. So you're trying to get into breaking into the Denver real estate market. You made it, you, you hit the lottery down in Huntsville, right? Taking all that money, putting yep. it up here. You're going to try to find some off market deals, eventually some vacation rentals, you know, meet, meet up groups. Sounds like you're doing all the right things. Is there anything else you're working on? At the moment? No, no, that's, I mean, my fiance and I just moved into a new condo in Littleton and we're getting settled and it's been nice. So do you read any books? Do you, what do you, what do you use for learning? Yeah, I read books. I have a hard time finishing books, but I read a lot of books. But yeah, Atomic Habits is one that I really like this year. I've never read a real estate book. I just ordered one on around real estate taxes. So if I'm really awake and alert someday, I'll, re- I'll open that one and read it. So any authors that you like to read? Anybody that uh, kind of jumps out at you? You know, I, I usually just go, I just go for what my mentors are recommending at that time like based on what i'm working on and uh, i don't i don't really have a specific author i guess for fiction i like reading john grisham books just it's super light and uh right easy to read it's easy it's really easy to read something nice to you know nice story so good drama is to get my mind that's what i like to read on vacation Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle is a book that I really enjoyed. It's all about being in the present moment. And Brandon Burchard is someone that I like listening to. My One of my mentors was a big Brandon Burchard guy. And his, his book, High Performance Habits, was really killer. Yeah, outside of that, How to Win Friends and Influence People and uh, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. I love that book. I, I got a really good deal. I'll probably read that one a few times in the next year. I got a really great deal on a property. I, you know, read just read that, you know, never split the difference book. And so I went into it and I used the exact verbiage that he kind of recommended and the same tones. And, and I mean, I just, they just walked right on down to me and I finally, you know, they came down like 30,000. And finally, I was like, oh, okay, I'll come up 2,000, you know, and they were just kept splitting. They kept come splitting the difference, you know, and, and so, you know, Chris Voss saved me a lot of money there. Chris Voss saved you a lot of money? Well, wasn't that the author of that uh, book? I'm mirroring you. I'm just, I'm just giving you a hard time. Oh. <laughs> very good. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great book. And he has some he has some cool stories. I'd love to chat with that guy. I'm sure, he has some pretty wild stories. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, what other thoughts? What other things are happening out there that uh, you know, that we can cover here? Yeah, like what's your secrets to your success? What's your secret sauce for your yeah. success? I'd say a lot of it's just listening to people you trust and taking action based on what other people have done. That's, uh, yeah, I've reaped some rewards from that. Just putting yourself out there and like saying yes to this interview seemed like a good idea. You guys are both wicked good guys. I'm, I'm having a ton of fun. And I think you never really know what's going to come from something. I do believe in just letting things organically 
come to you. Yeah, just making yourself available. Go to a lot of networking events, and as long as you're really clear on what you're doing and what your what your intention is, then people will smell that on you and and reach out eventually. Yeah. So, how can viewers get a hold of you, and how can viewers or viewers listeners what can they what can they bring to you? I don't really know if I need anything from your listeners. Well, I don't know an off market <laughs> deal. Uh, oh yeah, I mean if if someone has a house that they're looking to sell and they don't they want to do it off market, then hit me up. Give me a text or call at 603-998-3534. Yeah, my brother and I would love to chat. I'm definitely in for that. We were talking about that at the event. We both said, I think at the end, like, let me know if you have any deals. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of the the vibe when you go to a real estate event these days, I think. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, if you're a coach or a consultant and you're looking to scale your business, then we could definitely help you with that uh, through YouTube ads. That's another cool. another thing I can help help people with. Good. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much, Ryan, for being on Secret Sauce for Success. Uh, we hope, wish you nothing but the best and hope the, you get flooded with calls. Thanks for having me on, Doug and Rick. It's been been nice chatting. I look forward to seeing you guys at another local event. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Ryan. We appreciate your time, Matt. Have a good evening. That was a great interview. That was one of my favorite interviews, I think, with Ryan Hill. Doug, do you agree? Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. You know, I, it was funny in our discussion with him prior to starting this. He's kind of like, well, you know, I don't know. I'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. I don't know what I have to say. Well, it turns out he's got a lot to say. You know, if we sit back, ask him a few questions, sit back and let him talk. And he's got a lot of interesting things uh, to say. He's got a lot going on in his life. What a, what a nice young man, good young man. And I'm, I'm super hopeful that, that he finds the success he's looking for in his life. So we can all learn a little something from him and he can learn something from our previous guests. Yeah. So what did you learn from the episode? You know, I was thinking about that after, after the uh, interview with him, something was kind of on my mind and I thought, I don't know, something he said that, that really is sort of in my mind here and I can't quite put my finger on it. My brain finally worked it out. You know, he was talking about going to some network events and just being out there and getting in front of people and being honest about what it is that you're trying to accomplish, who you are and what you're trying to do. Right. And that people will kind of gravitate toward that and you'll start making some connections in that. And I think that, that that is just a true statement for, I'm sure for the networking events, but also just for life in terms of be honest with who about who you are and what you are. And people will find your sincerity to be probably quite refreshing and uh, they'll gravitate towards you. You'll make, really strong contacts and people will want to be around you. And I think they'll want to help you and want to give you guidance and, and want to be a part of your life. And I think that's a, that's an awesome thing to hear such a young man say that type of insight is something I think that takes a lot of people a long time to learn. Right. I totally agree. And I, yeah, I think his ability to listen and learn from other people that, you know, is a sign of humility that you don't know it. I think that's one of the secrets of anybody's success is being able to learn and one of the other things he said was to take action you know you can talk all you want but you know him and his brother went and bought some properties in Huntsville and they, first they went down there they what I think they met with a bunch of people they took some action they flew down there they you know paid for a flight to Huntsville right they they spent some money on this stuff 
And it, you know, it turned out great for them, but they didn't, nobody knew that housing market was going to take off. Uh, everybody thing I've read says the opposite. It was supposed to crash. Yes, indeed. Yeah. I, he's a nice young man. And the fact that he is so young and is doing so many of these things kind of makes me think of Brooks O'Hearn. He's kind of a similar fella, right? Right. A couple of young men who see the world for more than, more than I think what a lot of folks can see it as, and certainly a lot more than I did at that age. Uh, and they were willing to take some some steps, do some things that'll pay off for them in the long run. Yeah, I just look at him and, you know, like myself back at that age, I, I just wish I could have taken more risks like that. I mean, I think I did well, uh, but I took the standard educational route for an engineer, uh, did well through that and then invested on the side. But, but it sounds like he's just going right for it. Well, I think there's a, you know, there's a prevailing lack of knowledge, I think, among everybody, just because that's the way it is. When you're young, you don't have experience and you don't have an understanding because you haven't had the time to develop it yet. I remember when I was a young man in high school and, and that and people would say, Doug, what do you want to do? What do you want to do with your life? And my question to them would be, what is there to do with my life? I don't know. How can I possibly tell you I want to be, and my dad was an engineer. My mom did various things. She was in sales a little bit and retail and she worked at the doctor's office. And I don't know what else is there. People who drive cars. I don't know what, what else can I do. Right. And so when you find a guy like, uh, like Ryan here, or like Brooks who have an idea of something that they can do something that's much, much bigger than what their life is, that just opens things up for you. And I think that's awesome. So. Yeah. yeah. And I, I really think that social media, you know, I read that book crushing it. I mentioned by Gary V and uh, Brooks O'Hearn was a big fan of that. Right. So uh, social media is the next big thing and it's big, you know, my kids spend how much time on it per day. And I think he's on the right track and I should be doing more and we're doing some on social media here. Uh, but right. that is really the path for the future, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the path for the path for the present, right? We are in the future uh, where so much of that stuff is concerned. And I'm kind of a dinosaur, man. I, I used to really love computers, but I've kind of gotten away from that in my older age here. And I'm still a middle-aged person. But uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a young man's world. It's a young person's world. Sorry, ladies, don't mean to exclude anyone. Uh, and it's just a matter of being willing to, to go out there and take part in these things and be a part of that world and, and understand how that goes. And you got guys like uh, Ryan here or uh, even Dave Brim from a couple of weeks ago when we interviewed him. Both of those guys are in that cyber world, right? The e-world of, of being out there and making connections on whether it's on Facebook and YouTube or on uh, LinkedIn. So, yeah, that's the place to be. We're in the future. Yep. And Ryan's leading the way. That's right. Yeah. All right, Doug, you want to take us out of here? Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Ryan. Uh, Rick and I obviously had a great time interviewing him and have good things to say about him. Uh, it's, a, uh, it's a pleasure to see that there are people like that who are much younger and still out there and, and anxious and hungry and, and wanting to do something. So go out there and do it. Be one of those people. Be, out, be willing to, to make more of your life and, and uh, take some risks and talk to some people and find out what you can do. It's a big world and it's a fun place to be. So don't be afraid of it. Until we meet again, until we have another podcast, be safe. I look forward to, to seeing you. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to the Secret Sauce for Success show, where we find the secret ingredients for success. We all want to be successful in life, so let's break down the steps it takes to get there and learn from other people's journeys. 
We hope that through the stories you hear on our show, you will find success in your life.